You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded podcast where we talk about movies that just came out. And that's right, I did say movies that just came out. Now, you might not have heard that in a while, but uh, because we've been talking about older movies recently, but now we've got something from 2020. We're going to be talking about the new Judd Apatow movie based very loosely. Uh, well, not even very loosely. Based loosely, I guess, but it's pretty close to uh, Pete Davidson's life. This is... The King of Staten Island, featuring Pete Davidson in the starring role, of course. Uh, I think we go, um, what is it, 15, 20 minutes or so without spoilers. There is a spoiler warning if you're, uh, if you're worried. And um, yeah, at the very end, we will announce our next movie because we're going to try and get into the habit of doing that. So get ready for The King of Staten Island, and then uh, I hope you're ready for whatever comes after that. Here's uh, going to be some Kid Cudi. Can we turn it down? I say ain't no music on. She said no, that weed is loud. Nigga, we ballin'. Trey swaggin' lost heart, but I'm maintaining. I've been told that I'm amazing. Make sure I keep that fire blazing. We living. I, I need You're listening to another episode of Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. This one uh, just came out as sort of a relative term right now. I think this movie that we're talking about today, as of the time of this recording, came out like a month and a half ago, maybe? But like, it's still new. This is a 2020 movie. So, you it's know, that's kind of cool. That's we can really do at this point. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, like if a new movie came out yesterday, because we're recording this on a Saturday, if a new movie came out yesterday, I probably wouldn't have known right away. Yeah. Although, you know, there is a movie that came out recently that we're not talking about because I haven't seen it yet, obviously. But uh, First Cow is available to rent now. And like, that's a movie that I don't know very much about, but it looks super weird. So like, is it about cows? It's about a cow. Presumably the first one. Um, oh, that actually sounds kind of cool. Yeah, actually, there's a couple of movies that came out this that were going to come out this year, and like I don't know if they did or not, but I'm hoping we can get to them. You know, when they do. Oh dang! I'm just looking at some. There's there's a lot of good stuff. I'm not going to dwell on that because we did watch a movie that we're going to talk about first. Um, Gary, you want to talk about what we what we watched? <laughs> Throw me under the bus. Yeah, this is the King of Staten Island. It's a 
a movie starring Pete Davidson. Um, he also had a big hand in writing it because it's, I guess I read in the description that, or on the Wikipedia page, that this is a movie of his life if he basically had not made it into SNL as, as he envisions it. So like it, I guess the, well, he stars in it and a lot of the relationships I'm guessing in this movie are based on his experiences in life. So uh, did yeah, Pete Davidson write this movie? He did, yeah. It's his screenplay. I think it was mostly him, and I'm guessing uh, he. It looks like he wrote it with a, a fellow SNL writer, and then I'm guessing Apatow gave it a a couple, went through it a few times to make sure it's it was up to his standards, I guess. Yeah, because I'm gonna say it feels a lot like a Judd Apatow movie, but it also doesn't necessarily feel quite the same as every Judd Apatow movie. So like, yeah, you can kind of tell that it wasn't specifically written by Judd Apatow. I don't know if he writes all his movies, but you can tell I, it wasn't all him. Like it was I'd, someone else. I'd say it's a pretty good mix of the two, at least those two writers. Um, but I I did notice that it was very much. Pete's movie and that a lot of the jokes were his um and a lot of the like I guess the tone seem or I get no I guess the tone of the movie was very much Apatow where you have like the kind of slice of life uh stoner dude trying to get better movie um and then you have kind of Pete Davidson as the the centerfold where he he's basically just kind of his dialogue is basically him centerfold is a really really weird word to use here oh well i don't i don't entirely know what centerfold means but i mean it, i guess it sounds like it's something where he's the center of it as i'm guessing yeah I, i'm pretty sure centerfold pretty much only refers to pinup girls but like oh interesting you know i don't know why i use that word i um, mean the the cover of the dvd for this i if that exists of the the poster for this is like a naked Pete Davidson with all of his tattoos. So yeah, I guess that well, it could fold. very much be a cover fold of a of a Playboy book. Um, but yeah, anyways, so <laughs> yeah. it's uh it, it is kind of an interesting mix. Um, where Pete, it's basically Pete Davidson is a stoner. Um, he doesn't have a job. He lives with his mom. Um, not doesn't really never went it, to college. Uh, yeah. seems to have dropped out of high school. Yeah, and he's consistently barraged with comments of what is he going to do with his life? Um, while also, um, I guess this is he's been dealing with this his whole life, but dealing with the death, coping with the death of his father at a very young age, which seemed to have affected him greatly. Um, well, yeah, affected him greatly. And also, like, at the same time, it's gotten to him to the point where he kind of doesn't, it's the death that it's, he, he knows his father died he doesn't really know his father because like when he's confronted with the kind of a person that his father was like he has nothing useful to say there yeah well i guess he died so his his father in the movie and i'm guessing in real life died at the age at when he was at the age of seven so he's kind of it's kind of at that age where you you so you can like know and recognize who your father is and like attribute some characteristics to him but like it's still not enough to really have gone to know his dad. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's why, because they do point out that he has a, a younger sister. I'm guess I think it was like she's she went to college in this movie. So uh, I, it sounds like six years younger. So she was probably one when the father died. They point out that like she doesn't really experience the same trauma as Pete does. 
I mean, mm-hmm. Scott. His his name's Scott in this movie, which I'm right. surprised. I thought it was an interesting uh, ch- choice, but they they point out that the daughter does not experience that because she never really knew the dad. So Pete's kind of or Scott is kind of in this unique position where no one really understands his pain, I guess, if that makes sense. And he's struggling to cope with it. Um, so yeah, and this plot was very much based on. Um, uh- just Pete real Davidson's. quick. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. His name is Scott in this movie, and in real life, his dad's name was Scott. Yeah, that that's where it came from. Um, I guess I was surprised. I always because I because this was his life. I thought he would just name him after himself, but I guess also at the same time, that's a maybe a little too on the nose. Even though it's the movie's very un, not subtle of the fact that this is his life or potentially mm-hmm. his life, but I, it's a cute touch. Um, yeah. But yeah, either way. So yeah, this is this is very much based on uh, Pete Davidson's life. He he deals with a lot of mental issues, uh, mental health issues. I think I think Pete Davidson like has uh, he's bipolar and he he deals with like lots of depress depressive episodes and stuff like that. Um, so it was a, it was very interesting to see this uh, him dealing with his mental health, um, which he's also pretty outspoken of as a celebrity, I guess, on SNL. Um, and also, like, in, in his stand-up, he talks a lot about it and stuff. So it was interesting to see him represented in another way. Um, unfortunately, or not unfortunately, but I, I think I think he, he... I wish this movie challenged him more. I guess that wasn't the point of the movie, but, like, this... The, the humor wasn't really his, if that makes sense. Like... It was more just uh, like it wasn't a very artsy movie. Like, so I I don't feel like it was very artistically challenged as like a comedian, I guess, to come up with stuff. But I mean, like, again, that wasn't really the point of this movie. It it, it almost mm-hmm. felt like a a way for him when writing this to learn how to cope with his own mental health issues and, and just showing it on screen. So mm-hmm. uh, it was interesting in that sense. But um, I guess you can you can talk a little more of the uh, Ap- Judd Apatow influence on this movie. Um, okay, sure. Uh, I think so. I've seen a lot of Judd Apatow movies. I used to really like Judd Apatow. Uh, I definitely still like a lot of the movies that he's done. Um, like, you know, I think he did Knocked Up. Did he do Pineapple Express? He he's done he a did. lot of stuff. I think with he Seth was Rogen. a producer at least on it. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff with Seth Rogen and with those guys, and like. Um, it's pretty entertaining. It's pretty entertaining stuff. But like, after you've seen a couple of Judd Apatow movies, like I think he only has one or two that I can think of that are like actually really good movies, and the rest are like pretty passable. Uh, he did a lot of stuff with Jason Segel. Um, gosh, what what are they called? There's uh, I Love You Man. There's Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And like, they're all good movies. They're just sort of. He does kind of like what you said, you know, stoners or down on their luck guys <laughs> dealing with some, you know, issue, usually either actually it's usually a romantic issue. And then like they do some funny stuff and then the movie ends and there's a heartwarming scene at some point. And so like that's more or less what he does. And this does have kind it does have quite a bit of that. Um, I don't know how many of Judd Apatow's movies he also writes but this one didn't feel like it was written the same way it definitely felt directed the same way if that makes sense because it was 
but um, it's sort of like, you know, we've got a, a dude who's kind of a down on his, on his luck guy. He's got a romance subplot that's not working out for him. And like, he just sort of goes through uh, a relatively, you know, normal down to earth, finding himself adventure or whatever, uh, with some funny jokes thrown in, which is basically what Judd Apatow does. Judd Apatow will write the situation to usually be a lot more wacky, which I did get a few ish- a few like hints of here, but this was very down to earth with jokes thrown in rather than like I mean if you've seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall, basically every situation is even if it's not absurd, it's played out to be as absurd as possible. I hope I'm even explaining any of this right. No, yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I he was very toned down in this movie. I haven't mm-hmm. seen his stuff lately. I, like, I'm looking at his stuff. I loved his first movie, like the 40 year old virgin, or at least his yeah. first bigger movie. Um, and I love Freaks and Geeks, which is actually quite different from what he does nowadays. And I really wish he would go back to his, I guess, his roots. I don't know, because I think I still think that might have been the best thing he's done in terms of like creating. Um. But I, yeah, I would say I, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure this movie really sticks out for me in his filmography, if that makes sense. And I think that's unfortunate, just because like I think he has a lot of potential, and I like his style. Like you definitely real, you you see his style in terms of I think he's very good at getting out some heart, really heartwarming like bonding scenes between characters that you're surprised like eventually get along. So he's really good at that. And he's really good at just, I, I guess he's, his movies, at least the ones I've seen, make me feel kind of cozy and not challenged uh, uh, as a movie. Because they're, they're very easy to watch. They're very relaxing pretty... and very relatable. But yeah, I wouldn't a... say he really goes out of his, uh, this form very many times. Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to put it. I would actually compare this movie a little bit to Funny People. Uh, mm. Funny People is a little more challenging of a movie. I don't think in a good way. A lot of people like that movie. I did not. But um, Funny People is more of a drama than like a heavy comedy, really. Like, but it has a lot of you know funny stuff thrown in, which I kind of got that vibe from this. Although this still had. In, funny people is kind of bleak where this movie was not bad at all it mm. still had that cozy feeling it just wasn't um it wasn't like the 40 year old virgin or um gosh i keep thinking oh this is 40 where like <laughs> every situation that pete davidson ends up in is kind of ridiculous he just ends up in situations that he'd be in anyway which like this and funny people were a lot more realistic in a sense than those other movies yeah and i'm not like i guess i don't entirely like that style if that like it's it leads to very because this movie was two hours and i'd say like 10 minutes of actual runtime so and then you have like a few minutes for credits but anyways like the i i do think it was a little overly long i because i the thing is i didn't hate it as in, I didn't mind watching this. This because again, it was a very relaxing movie. Like I never felt like, like, oh come, come on, like let's get this going. But there are a lot of things that don't really add up because I guess this movie is definitely also trying to be not 
really a movie, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like there's no, I wouldn't say there's really any much plot structure and there's not much of like a climax slash ending. The movie just kind of happens. And mm -hmm. while it's like kind of interesting to see a movie like that, I also, I, I, as a personal thing, I don't always love it because it feels a little sloppy and um, I guess unnecessary because we we had quite a few, I think, plot lines in this or relationships that don't really pan out and go anywhere. And I but I guess also it was fine because I didn't hate the scenes we had with those. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. I think this movie, if they'd wanted to, um, they easily could have trimmed it down by like picking one plot line to focus on. And there's a very obvious one they should have focused on a little more. But like, because it's really the only plot line that reaches an ending in the movie. Um, but I think like, there's some stuff in this movie that I didn't necessarily find was unnecessary, but that they definitely could have trimmed if they wanted to. The way it turned out was fine, but like we get we get this plot of um, Pete Davidson and his or Scott and his friends robbing a convenience store, which it pays off in the story. Like there are consequences there are from it, but it it's not consequential enough that it really needed to happen. Like they could have cut that whole thing and you, and the difference wouldn't have been that big. Yeah. And I also like, okay, that's actually probably the plot line I hated the most. Um, maybe not hate, but like, I didn't like any of the characters he like, because those were his best friends. Right. Yeah. I didn't like any of them. I thought they were kind of annoying. They didn't really. And again, they, they kind of get, it's almost like they realize that these characters were shit. And then they just like, we're like, okay, how can we get rid of these characters, but still kind of tie it into the story? Uh, and that's kind of what happened because, like, uh, I guess that's spoilers. Dude, can we get into spoilers? Because it's yeah, I think like so. I guess at this point, I'm just gonna say like, if you like Judd Apatow comedies, you're gonna like this one. If you like Pete Davidson, you're gonna like this one. If you like like, if you dislike Pete Davidson, then don't watch this. But if you don't like Judd Apatow, like, I think this is one that's still worth giving a shot because I think this is a mostly pretty good movie in I general. That that's that's going to be my summary there. And then after that, we'll go into spoilers. Spoilers. Okay, so yeah, they, they rob a place and then they kind of go to jail. And it was just a very out-of-nowhere plot line, if that makes sense, because they didn't really seem like the criminal type until randomly they just ask ask Scott um to to rob the pharmacy with them. I guess they were drug dealers, so maybe yeah. that's like a kind of like uh foreshadowing, but but it really doesn't make sense at that point either because um none of them like none of them have loads of money, but none of them are like shown to be struggling in any real way. Like they're clearly not achieving their dreams in life, but they're also like, they all have a place to sleep. They're all like able to just hang out and smoke weed all the time. Like none of them are in serious financial trouble up to that point. And except I guess you could argue Scott because he's <laughs> being told to leave his house and get it and like find an apartment. Yeah. Which but he's he also, also he's not least. really doing that. Like he doesn't care that much. No, well, this is before he. Well, yeah, I guess he was going to have to move out eventually, but yeah, he, he was also the least, the person least into robbing the store. So like, it didn't really add up motivation wise, and it just felt like an odd scene because the scene happens and like 
you're not i don't think it's really clear but so he scott was the lookout but there were i were the people who come into the store afterwards or and he missed them because he was just a shit lookout or were they already in there and then they caught I'm, the robbers i'm pretty sure they were already in there so like right. he gets he gets like a lot of the blame for being a bad lookout but he literally couldn't have done anything because they were already there yeah so that was kind of odd that they would automatically but then also there's very very little consequences for three of his best friends going to jail and then for three to five months and then also like like they like all the friends like they actually like seem like their life is better in jail like they find out this this one dude that Scott would tattoo all the time is like is hooking up with this chick that they know and like he seems really happy in jail <laughs> like there's that one scene and then like and they're not gonna like I mean obviously like I don't think snitching is very common like because but then like like his friends don't really blame him for anything it's just and then and then the story just moves on like Scott doesn't feel guilty about it he doesn't regret like robbing the store doesn't face any consequences or like any potential tension from that. It's just in the end, all the only consequence from that scene is that like he has, he can't stay at his friend's place for the thing is, his friend tells him he can, he just leaves there and he's like, yeah, I don't want to take care of his cat. So I'm not going to. So yeah. like if his friend hadn't gone to jail, his friend would still live at his place and he'd be taking care of his cat. And then like, Pete Davidson would come by and be like, hey, can I stay at your place? And, you know, I don't know exactly what would have happened, but probably the answer is still no somehow. And so there's no difference. Yeah, it was just so weird, dude. And, and like, it doesn't tie into anything before either. It's a very out of place scene. And then also, yeah, I didn't care for the friends. So despite, despite like, and honestly, like they had a pretty funny situation in there where Pete's like, a shit lookout and he's like playing video games while they're robbing the store and stuff like there was so much potential for funny in that scene mm. especially when they get caught and then like they get the shit kicked out of them by like the the old couple in there in the and store. like that's actually that's a pretty funny scene where they're where that's happening because they're like trying to like this guy, old guy has a gun and so he's shooting at them and they're like trying to not get shot meanwhile all of their phones are going off and none of them have a standard ringtone so there's like all of so all of their phones are going off and playing funny music and also because their phones are going off like the guy can suddenly see them so it turns the situation more dangerous to them because Scott is a bad lookout yeah i just it felt really out of place cuz yeah I, comedically there's so much potential there but i didn't i don't think i laughed once i just kind of like maybe grinned a bit <laughs> because like in context it just feels so odd and like almost cartoonish but yeah despite this movie being very grounded i was gonna say that scene is really funny on paper and looking at it like i could see exactly what was funny but it also just seems like super heat because they're there getting shot at by this old guy who doesn't want his pharmacy sto like stuff stolen from his pharmacy yeah <laughs> so yeah it's unfortunate that they couldn't really capture the comedy i guess um, but again, just a very out of place plot line. Uh, there was another one like where with his sister, where his sister is going to university and she's very concerned for him. That doesn't really go anywhere. I think the last scene we see with her is after the robbery where Pete's or Scott is like 
he's freaking out and he's like all my friends got caught and they're going to jail i'm really scared and then he's like uh but i gotta protect mom from bill burr who is her new boyfriend and then and then the sister is like screaming like i can't believe like you're so selfish what the fuck is wrong with you and then we never see her again like there's no resolution to that at all yeah i guess we don't um and then we kind of have a, the love interest who kind of gets ditched. I want to say like a third of the way into the movie. Maybe not. Yeah, Maybe like well, 40 minutes in, like a quarter. She's there for a while. And then she comes back near the end. And she, I think, has the big ending scene, too. She does. But and it was a cute scene. I actually really liked that scene. But it was mm-hmm. just very, very odd that she she shows she shows up for a bit. And then she shows up a couple times and she's like really jealous of Scott or like she really wants him back. And then they just kind of like they meet each other and then like stuff is good again, even though it was. Yeah, it was just very, a very odd plot line, even though I did like how it ended. Um, But I'd say by far, I guess the main plot line was the most interesting was uh, Bill Burr. Can't remember his character's name, but he's a firefighter and he essentially starts dating Pete Davidson's mom, which is Marissa Tomei. I think it's Ray, isn't it? Yeah, it's Ray. Oh, yeah, Bill it's Burr Ray, is yeah. Ray. And uh, Marissa Tomei is Margie. Though I yeah. don't think that really gets brought up that much because mostly she's just referred to as mom. I uh, I think he calls her Marge a couple times, but... Oh, like he definitely does. Yeah. But considering that Scott is the guy that we followed the most, like I, yeah, didn't, even, I didn't even realize half the yeah. time. Um, Which was like... I like I Marissa Tomei was all right. I thought Bill Burr was like pretty good in his role. Yeah, I, I liked this role a lot for Bill Burr. I mean, I like Bill Burr in general, and I know that he wants that he's trying to get into more mainstream acting. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, this is a good start. I mean, I think he's been in some other he's been in The Mandalorian. Like he can act for sure. Uh, and I thought sure. that Okay, <laughs> fair enough. This was a this was not a difficult role for him either. No. Like he basically was... just had to be Bill Burr, but a little nicer than his normal stuff. Yeah, and like, yeah, I, I enjoyed him. I wouldn't say it was amazing or anything, but um, I thought he brought a lot of life to the movie because he, I, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's because I already know who Bill Burr is, but he, he brings like a certain charisma into it. And I really liked his character because, um, I mean, I thought it was kind of weird that he, it was, I thought the plot line of him getting with Scott's mom was a little forced at first. Because I, I would have preferred a little more time for them to like for him to get to know her. But the way he the way he asked her out and stuff like he, he apologized for getting mad at her. But then it was just like he apologized just so he could ask her out. And he, he thought she was hot. And I thought it was a little odd. But overall, like, I think he did a great job. Um, mm-hmm. I, I liked how it, it it felt very realistic in that there was no like really big moment where they they bonded if that makes sense they just kind of became buddies over the course of the movie and i i guess it was nice because they they kind of bonded in spite of themselves because yeah. ni- neither of them really wanted to be friends but it was like life kind of pushed them together and and also like raise friends the other firefighters wanted to stand up for for scott because they knew or some of them knew his dad um mm-hmm. So I liked that. It felt very organic. And the way the way they bonded was cool with the tattoos and stuff. Um, I just I guess I didn't love how it ended. But again, it, it didn't I guess it didn't really need an ending. 
they just they kind of become friends but there was no like climactic moment i guess where where you're like oh like this this these guys are finally like together it just kind of happens i mean there almost is because near the ending like near the end pete davidson uh or scott tattoos ray which is like it's not necessarily the big bonding moment but like that's the moment where like clearly they've made up and they've gotten over their differences to at least, you know, enough of a degree where they can actually, where that can happen. Right. Yeah. I, I, well, maybe the climax was like when they, okay. I actually didn't, I personally didn't like this. This, this other, this also felt like a random plot line, but the guy, the guy, there's a guy that comes to the fire station when when Scott's chilling there because he he like works there now with Ray. Yeah, that's Action Bronson. That's the guy. That's Action Bronson. Yeah. Oh, tight. I know. Um. So so yeah. So he comes in. He he he's, he has a stab wound or something that he keeps it very vague. But uh, Scott takes him to the hospital and him and Ray basically save him. I thought that was just a shit scene. I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was like. Like the more I think, because as as part of the movie, I guess it wasn't terrible because I'm like, oh, like okay, something else is happening. It's gonna carry the plot forward. But it was like the end of the movie. Yeah, and... what I did like about that is I thought that Action Bronson did a really good job and well, like made that role really funny because like he came in and he's got this like huge gaping wound and he's like, hey man, can you just bring me to a hospital? Like I don't want you to call me ambulance or anything. I just want you to bring me to a hospital. And Scott goes, oh my god, what happened? Did you get like did you get stabbed? Did you get shot? He's like, oh yeah, you know, it's just it's just stuff happens. And then like they take him to the hospital and Scott, you know, goes to the, the hospital nurse and says, you know, can we get this guy in? Because he has like a stab wound or something. He's being super vague about it. Points at Action Bronson and he goes, fell on a thorn bush. <laughs> So he just like keeps changing his story so that whatever happened, it's very clear that it's like something super shady. Yeah. Yeah. It was that like that was kind of funny. Um, yeah. But again, slightly off tone because it was a cartoonish character again that literally comes out of nowhere into the plot. And yeah. it's basically the plot vehicle that gets the whole family together once more. And I just I don't know. I, I thought it was a little too. I, I mean, very much on the nose. It's like they were like. All right, well, so we have the movie at this point. We need a way to bring everyone together and end it. And it has to be something a little more interesting than uh, Ray and Scott just walking up to to the mom or Marge's Mar- Marge's door and saying, "Oh, we like each other now." So they they brought a guy to the hospital, which is conveniently where she works, and they work together to save him. Which also is that how the American system works? Like, if a guy's bleeding to death he has to sign paperwork in the in the lobby to get in unless a firefighter like or someone lets him in i i don't know but like presumably they would have gone to the emergency room but even in canada when you go to the emergency room like there's a waiting there's a waiting room i guess so, it was just very it's like the the <laughs> the secretary didn't realize he was bleeding to death until bill burr comes in and he's like this man's bleeding to death and then you see the actress's eyes just pop up like whoa He's bleeding. Like, I, I can't believe it. I just, yeah, it, it was just honestly like a, a pretty bad way to end the movie. And the more I think about it, the more it bothers me. Because honestly, like, I think there's a lot, there's a relatively a lot to actually not like in this movie, but it just, the movie, I guess, flows so well that it, 
I don't really care as much when I'm watching it. Because, okay, so oh, oh, because, I was just gonna say because there's no like plot structure really. Like things just kind of happen, so it doesn't bother me as much until I look back on it. So the thing we just talked about with Action Bronson. So I liked his character because he was a cartoon, so I thought he was funny. But I gotta say that like him and one other, and there's one other thing in this movie that like are very clearly like I would think that these are Jed Apatow moments, and like maybe they're not, and I'm completely misattributing them, but. Um, those are the things that I don't love in this movie because this movie mostly keeps itself uh, grounded and not necessarily serious, but you know, it's, it's mature. Like you're watching this movie and it's, it seems mostly realistic, but then there's just these few, a few moments that seem really cartoonish and they clash kind of with the tone. So like we've got action Bronson there who just, you know, he's funny. The The situation itself is funny, but it clashes with the tone of the movie that, thus far, so it seems super jarring. And the other issue, the other thing that um, that I noticed that fits that same thing, um, and this is something I actually, this is just a scene I legitimately did not like. Um, the Pete Davidson, Scott starts working for a uh, for a restaurant early on as a busboy, and at the end of the night, all of the tips go into like a jar and then every, and then all of the employees put on Hulk gloves and fight for them, which like, Oh yeah. Again, yeah. On paper, that's funny. But the moment I saw it, I'm like, I have worked in a restaurant. That's stupid. Yeah. I just hate it. I haven't worked in a restaurant and I still find it ridiculous like like again if this was like this feels like a scene that was supposed to be in like forgetting sarah marshall or something or yeah if that uh, scene was in a more ridiculous movie then sure it'd be funny but the thing is the rest of this movie isn't that ridiculous it's very sort of real so like when you get that scene that seems cartoonishly stupid it just seems it's so out of place that i just like i actually didn't I, i just didn't like that yeah and it's not funny like so if you're going to insert a scene that's that's like comedic for because it doesn't really serve the plot in any way like it just i guess helps he realize he hates his job but like he already hated his his job job or something comes into that job hating it yeah so like what's the point right but then so then they do that they do that weird fight scene and i'm just like watching it i'm like what am i supposed to feel because it's not really funny because it's actually a very grounded scene uh, in terms of like the way they filmed it and the way everyone's acting. Um, and and then it's just, yeah, so out of place in the movie. And then it never comes back in the movie too. It's just a scene, honestly, like... I, it's there I twice, think I think. It, well, it comes again like when... the I'm just talking about like the restaurant in general, I guess, because I think mm. after he meets Bill Burr, it's like the restaurant was a way for him to meet Bill Burr for the first time. Because once that happens, we never see the restaurant again. And you're like, did he get fired? Like, why? What happened? Does he still work there sometimes? I don't even know what's going on. So, again, like, I I completely forgot about that. And it's just very odd to add stuff that's not funny and doesn't add anything to the plot. And then it never, like, even is it doesn't come up again. Anyways, so I don't know. Like, but again, I, I guess the the thing with this movie is it's just like 
I don't also don't entirely care. Like, cause I didn't, when I was watching this movie and I saw those scenes, I wasn't like, ah, that's like really stupid. I was just like, eh, like, okay, it's there. It's like, it was like watching reality TV almost. I don't know how to say it because like stuff happens and it's, I guess it's because the movie wasn't really trying to be anything more. And I don't know how I feel about that because honestly, having seen it, this is like the definition of release straight to video and not in a bad way. Like it's just the way it is. Yeah. This is, this is one of those movies that, I mean, it was going to release in theaters. I don't know. Thank God it didn't. Honestly, it saved this movie. Well, I'm thinking like last year, a movie came out called the long shot. Did you ever hear about that one? Uh, That was with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, right? Yes, it was. And it's like a direct to video, I think. Like, nope, it went to oh. that one went to theaters. And oh. like the thing I'm 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 thinking of this movie like this is a movie sort of in the same league as that. I think it is I think it's better than The Long Shot. But basically this is a movie that goes to theaters, you know, when there's other stuff in theaters that are like indie darlings and stuff like uh, things that people who really really follow movies are going to want to see, but like there's not really much else there for, you know, everyone else. So like this is after Avengers is out of theaters and like before the next Star Wars comes out, this is some of that filler stuff that comes in so that you can still go to the movies. But like, if you don't know if you're, if there's nothing you're specifically looking forward to. Maybe. Yeah. Even so. Oh my God. That long shot costs 40 million. That's crazy. I had no idea. But yeah, either way, I'm, I was looking at the, the budget for this movie. It's not there. I'm going to guess like maybe 10 million. It, it was pretty cheap. Like they, they, it was shot like very normally, I guess. Like there were no like huge actors in it. So I'm, I'm guessing the production budget wasn't huge, but either way, I, I, I honestly think this movie was save the embarrassment of bombing because it was not released in theaters. And maybe, uh, yeah. So I don't know. Like again, like it was, it was amusing in some parts uh just not not a great movie just like it was watchable and like yeah that's all i really have to like and i i wouldn't say i really wanted anything more from it because in terms of like the goofiness and stuff while i craved it 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 would have i think undermined the the pretty serious arc that uh scott goes on but either Either way, yeah, I, I, I can't say much more. I, I just say it's like a pretty watchable movie, but I probably wouldn't watch this again um, unless I was like really bored one day and I needed something really chill to watch, I guess. So I was going to say I rented yeah. it, so I'm pretty sure that I still have it for, you know, a day and a half, but I'm <laughs> not likely to watch it in that day and a half. So this is yeah. something that I will probably watch. You know, I have a fr- I have a buddy in Nebraska. If I go and visit him and like, we're not doing anything one night and we're just sitting around getting drunk and getting drunk in his trailer. This is something we could throw on. <laughs> yeah. Where you don't like always have to pay attention or something. Yeah, um, exactly. That's actually like perfect for this movie. Cause even if you're not paying attention, the scene probably doesn't matter <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the whole scheme of things. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I think overall I give this uh, like a six out of 10. I, I don't know. Like, this is really hard again. Like I enjoyed it. I the way I'm talking about it sounds like I hated the movie. It was all right. I just yeah. it wasn't it didn't feel like art to me. It was just a watchable movie. I'm gonna 
basically give it the same thing. I was debating whether I was going to go 5.5 or 6. And like, I think 6. I think that I liked this movie more than I didn't like it. Like I did. I am glad that I watched this movie. I enjoyed it all the way through. Not likely to watch it again. Yeah. But I, I guess it was it was cool to see um, Pete Davidson in a starring role. I think he's pretty funny and has a lot more potential than this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of I do like his brand of humor. I, I honestly like overall, it didn't really reflect at all for the most part. Um, but I, I I do see that this was like a very personal story for him to tell. So I appreciate like the the ambition in terms of tackling like like honestly a pretty a challenging subject, I guess, especially in like a what what's advertised as like a comedy in some ways. So yeah. so that's kind of cool, and it's not something I see a lot on film. So uh, I guess I'll appreciate that part. Honorable. Also, mention. I guess like other smaller things, it was cool to see Jimmy Tatro uh, in a role. He was an extremely tiny role in this. He was one of the fire. He was the young firefighter. Um, oh, if yeah. anyone else has seen American Vandal. He's the bad, not the bad guy, but he's the guy they framed in American Vandal. I remember seeing, reckon, he's the guy with the mustache, right? Yes, he has a mustache. Okay, in this. cool. Oh, yeah, he was in Blue Mountain State. Oh, and 22 Jump Street. Uh, no, cool. no, he wasn't in Blue Mountain State. Oh. Uh, I think you're thinking of the guy oh, who played Mad Castle, and that he, he might have been in the movie, but he wasn't in, he wasn't in oh, the okay, series. Okay, cool. Never mind. No, so he does look quite a bit like Thad um, Castle. Yeah. Also, Steve um, Buscemi was in it. I actually really liked his role. Steve Buscemi was playing a firefighter, which I thought was cool because Steve Buscemi was a firefighter. And interestingly enough, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Pete Davidson's actual real life dad. Um, he died in 9-11 uh, working as a firefighter. And there is a extremely tiny chance that Steve Buscemi, whether he knew it or not, would have worked with Pete Davidson's dad because he was a 9-11 firefighter. Oh, I actually never put that together. That's really cool. Um, um, and then I guess, like I already said, uh, I really like Bill Burr, so I like seeing him act in things. Uh, this role was not much different than his role in F is for Family, which is just his comedy. So, like, he didn't have to push himself very much for this, but I don't... I don't know what it would look like when he pushes himself. And so, you know, if we can see that, great. I thought he did fun. He, he was fun to watch in this. And like, I just enjoy seeing Bill Burr. So I was I was happy to see that. Yeah, I'm always glad to see Bill Burr in a role, even if it's in Star Wars. <laughs> I thought he was good in The Mandalorian. He was he didn't have that much to do, but I thought he was good in it. Uh, didn't he play himself? I'm trying to remember. I, I, but honestly, I'm he, really biased against the show, so maybe that's why I didn't like the role. Uh, he played himself, but not funny. Like he was just mean. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's the King of Staten Island, and uh, we introduced this on the last episode. We've got a wheel. We got a wheel of movies to determine what we're gonna watch next. So, are you ready for me to spin the wheel, Pierre? Let's go. All right, the wheel has been spun. Uh, if you're listening to this, you should have just heard a wheel spinning noise. And um, the, it landed on the only thing that is a specific movie on that wheel. Are you ready to watch something? One of a movie from the Criterion Collection, an acclaimed movie by filmmakers who know what they're talking about. What is this movie? 
It's Armageddon by Michael Bay. Wow, I knew it was the Michael Bay one. <laughs> We're going to watch Armageddon by Michael Bay for the next one. Interesting. Oh, it's, boy. It's been a while since I've seen a Michael Bay. Actually, no, I watched one last. I watched Six Underground. So, And that was a very bad movie, but I've heard Armageddon is better than Okay, the thing is, Armageddon is also not well-respected in general by critics. However, it is in the Criterion Collection. So uh, I'm going to say I, I plan to do as much research for this movie as I have time for because I anticipate watching this movie and not liking it. But I want to know why this movie is considered good enough to be in the Criterion Collection. I'm legitimately curious. Like, what is it about this movie that's cool? And there is something for sure. I just don't know what it is. We will so, find it. We're going to find out next also, time. Also, Ben Affleck has a hilarious commentary on it, from what I saw. Oh, yeah, his his commentary on this. Like, he just... But doesn't he just, like, throw Michael Bay under the bus for literally everything? It's like, roast the movie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll um, see you guys next time for... We'll see you next Armageddon. time for Armageddon.